Hello and welcome to the Women's Body and Power Podcast. Coach Holly and Coach Katie are here to talk to you about all things bodybuilding, powerlifting, and anything in between. We love talking about strength training, nutrition, and how to just be your best self. So thank you for joining us and enjoy the podcast. Okay, so welcome to Connie. I want to say hey. Coach Connie. Connie is a coach. I'm a coach. We're so welcome, Coach Connie. And um, so guys, if you are new to my channel, um, I do a lot of fitness content every week. We have a little swole mates update uh, coming from from my boyfriend and I every week. And I like to interview competitors. Is like one of my most favorite things especially um, ones that are currently competing and um, finding out all about maybe things you need to know to compete, um, all of that kind of jazz. So anyway, welcome, Connie. Hey, how you doing? I am great. So thank you for being here. And I just want to start out with, um, you know, just a little introduction to like anybody that's watching um, from my channel or um, podcast that also will be podcasted. Um, tell us about you. I, I know a little bit already, but tell us about Connie, what you do in regular life and what's going on in your world outside of competition right now. Okay. So outside of competition, uh, I actually am, I work two jobs. So I work for the army. I am basically a strength and conditioning coach for the army running fitness programming and stuff for the soldiers. Uh, so we got a lot of cool things going on there. We're actually doing a uh, pilot program that could be done or used Army-wide. So it's really kind of cool. We're part of a research project with the Army running this program called Holistic Soldier, getting them kind of trained holistically as opposed to just the, the physical aspect. So um, very cool doing that. I also am a coach, as Coach Holly just said. That's kind of how we know each other. <laughs> so I do health coaching on the side, working with uh, ladies, you know, that that want to get in better shape and get healthier. So that's kind of my, my, my second gig. Um, and then I'm also in school working on my doctorate in sports and performance psychology. So uh, that's a, a lot of added fun, too, because a lot of extra work, but <laughs> a lot of added fun. And then um, I have two doggies. I've got to introduce my doggies because... So that's fun. Cozy. He's not going to look at me, but that's my seven month old puppy right there. <laughs> yes, he is seven months old, believe it or not. Wow. So that's Kima. <laughs> and how old is the other one? He's six years old. Ah. And, and yeah, the uh, the seven month old is basically as big as the six month or the six year old. Yes. So yeah, he's going to be a gigantic <laughs> dog. This is the six year old. So, um, but well, that is. That is me basically right now outside of competition, just working and yeah, doing school, playing with my doggies. <laughs> nice. So obviously we're here to talk about um, all things competitively speaking. Um, but so my first question for you is obviously I, I was going to ask how long since your competition. So tell our viewers, how long has it been um, since your last competition and um like how long did you prep for that show? I know you've had a lot. You've had you've had multiple shows this year, right? So yes. when was your last show? My last show was actually just this past Saturday. Um, 
I competed in the OCB up in Richmond, um, their, their final show of the season. So that was just this past Saturday. And then I competed about five weeks before that as well. Uh, again, OCB up in Rich or up in uh, Woodbridge, Virginia. I did a show then. So the past two months, I've done two shows. And prep time for those, I started prepping for the November show. I believe it was beginning of August. So overall, it's been about a 20-week prep. I think I started about 19 weeks out. So it's, ah, I would say about a 25-week prep combined when you take from the very first prep time to the five weeks through to the next show. is about 25 weeks total of prep. Give or so, take. I mean, I, I feel like when you are prepping, and, and you tell me your thoughts on this, um, I know that for me, um, and especially as a natural, um, you really should allow more time than you think you need. Um, because, you know, I don't know if you've worked probably maybe with, have you worked with competitors like other than yourself? Yes. So, you know, probably firsthand that, people have in, in their mind that they can do this in a certain number of weeks. Right. And, and, and typically, you know, I don't know where it comes from. It comes from like social media over time. I don't know. People think it's like 12 to 16 weeks. That's, I, I don't know why. Like I see that a lot and hear that a lot. And it, I say, whatever you think it's going to take you, you probably need to add like four to eight weeks to that. Would you agree? I agree. And I, I honestly think that where that comes from is obviously there are organizations that are not natural and it is a lot easier to prep when you are getting assistance. Um, so I think a lot of times Definitely. competitors that are, you know, doing a 16 week prep because it's a lot easier to do a 16 week prep when you're having, um, you know, diuretic assistance and uh, pharmaceutical assistance. So you know, when you are natural, it definitely takes a lot more time. And I think honestly, my, my show in November, probably that 19 weeks wasn't quite enough. The, the 24, 25 week time period that it took me to get to the second show was probably closer to what I needed. And I actually did plan it out that way. The November show was kind of a, I'm going to go back in, get my feet wet again, see where I'm at. And then I really was trying to prep for this really big show that we I just did this past Saturday because I really wanted to do well in that show. So, and you um, did, I did. I, yes, I, I won my pro card in that show. So yay. <laughs> Bravo. Uh, so yeah, I, I really look at it and say, you know, that 24 week prep time is probably what I need. And I will, I'm going to tell you a funny story because you, you talk about that quick prep time. So my very, very first show is at the end of uh, 2019 and literally just woke up one day and I'm like, I'm going to do a show. And nine weeks later, I did my first show. That is definitely not enough prep time. <laughs> All right. And I did okay in that show, honestly, for a nine week prep. I, I got third place in most of my classes. So it, I did okay. Actually, sorry, that, that one was um, a fourth place a fifth place and a sixth place. So that was my first show. And it was a pretty big show. So it was a decent showing, you know, it wasn't terrible, but definitely not enough time. So yeah, th whatever you think you need. And again, it's not that I thought I only needed nine weeks. I just was like, I'm going to do this. And, but definitely you got to give yourself as a natural way more time than you think you need. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, it depends on where you are, like body fat wise too, you know, like I know seeing you over time that I have seen you, you're fairly lean. 
even in the off season, right? So, you know, you're not going to have, you're not going to need as much time as somebody who has a higher percentage of body fat. And it depends on what category you're competing in also, right? So everybody obviously is going to be different, but I always say allow more time than you believe that you need because, you know, you're better off being ready early and then feeding back into the show to fill out, especially if you're in like figure or women's physique. It's like, because you want your muscles to be full. I don't believe like in bikini, you need to really fill out as much um, because you don't have that level of leanness and definition anyway, but you're better off being ready sooner. And then, um, you know, kind of coasting into the show versus killing yourself the last few weeks. And then the day of the show, you're just like dying, you know, and it's, wow. that's no fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And especially like you said, for, for figure and, and uh, physique, where you have to have some of that fullness and, and stuff in your muscles. If, if you are killing yourself up until the last minute, you just coming in flat. And that's honestly what I did for my first show. Cause I had to drop body fat and everything so fast. I was flat. I was definitely right. flat, didn't have the fullness. And this last show, I, if, I'm going to like, once I get my, my stage shots, I'm actually going to do some comparisons from just five weeks ago to now, because that's exactly what, you know, like you were saying, Holly is, you know, I, I didn't go crazy, you know, obviously, cause I had a lot of, of prep time, but being kind of where I was at already and not having to drop a whole lot more body fat between shows allowed me to kind of build back up a little bit for the show. And I came in fuller. So I came in you know, a little bit fuller, a little bit more um, what, what they're looking for. So that that was definitely a better situation to be in and, and right. give myself that extra time to get where I needed to be for sure. Yeah, it makes a huge difference, um, you know, because I feel like that a lot of my shows, I was at that point and, um, you know, I, I had worked with several different coaches over many of, you know, previous years and, I mean, I was cut so hard for so long that I did not have time to even feel back out. So like, and especially like, you know, I'm competing in the NPC as a natural against girls who are not natural and I'm not even as full as I can be. And it's like, you know, come on people. It's like, I know as a coach, I would do it differently. Um, but as a coach, if I am being coached by someone I'm like, okay, I mean, I'm going to do exactly what they say. And even if I want to go against it, I probably wouldn't because I'm just not that kind of person. But I know as a coach now, coaching myself, that the, like there are things that, that should be done. Like you've got to be a certain level of leanness far enough out that you can fill out going into the show. And like my boyfriend who just competed in the Yorton Cup, like six, seven weeks ago, seven weeks ago, I guess, um, you know, he was in the same position. Like it's, it's really a science experiment, you know? And um, he, he learned the same thing. Like we were feeding him into the show and like probably should have started days before we did. He wasn't as full as he should have been. And it's like, it's really a science experiment knowing how many carbs your body is going to respond to. Right. And so like, this is why I really, I really like to see people do multiple shows. Um, if they're, you know, if you're going to put in the time to compete, I have seen so many competitors that have just been like one and done. I mean, they do what it's just kind of a bucket list thing and that's fine. 
but for me, especially, and you're probably the same is like, it's a learning experience. And it's like, so every time you want to be better than you were the time before, and it's just little variables, like the, the amount of carbs, the water, the sodium, and it's like things that you can just make small little tweaks and it makes such a difference. And then you've just got that aha moment, like, oh, but then the next show, it won't even be close to the same. <laughs> Do you feel that way? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're so right. It is, is, it is completely a science and understanding what works for, because what works for one person isn't going to work for the next person. And, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's body responds differently. What, you know, the amount of carbs that, you know, might spill you out might make me spill over and vice versa. You know, it's, one of those things and it, it is it's trial and error a lot of times and that's why it's you know it is hard and it takes a while for most people to get through to those those higher ranks because you got to figure out where that sweet spot is for you and I know back I did three shows this year so my first show was back in May and um we didn't give me enough carbs before I definitely wasn't full enough I was a little flat going on stage so we figured okay this this coming into the November show I needed to have another meal that night that prior night so we added a burger and fries. Yep. Woo. A burger and fries Friday night for my last meal. And that it seems to be the ticket for me. That fills me out, makes me look much better. We added um, pancakes the next morning, which again, helps fill me out, look much better. Um, so yeah, it's, it's trial and error. It's seeing what works and what doesn't. And it's almost better to start lower yeah. because you, it's, it's, it's better to go in slightly flat than to go in spilling over most of the time. So, right. you know, so it is, it is better to learn slowly how many carbs work for you because you can't undo spillover. Once you, once you get right. there and, and you go past that, you can't really undo that. If you go in flat, they're just going to be like, Hey, fill out more, you know? So, um, it, it is, it's, it's all a science experiment being like, okay, let's try it and see how it goes. I, I totally agree with that. So, Connie, if, if someone was watching this and like, let's say they're interested in competing, um, where would you say, like, where should they start? What's the first thing that they should do? The first thing that I think that they should do is determine if it's really something that they want to do, because you have to to be willing, like a lot of people see the outcome and be like, oh, I want to look like that. I, I want that. That's what I want to look like. I want to be on stage. It looks so you know pretty to be up there all made up and everything. The outcome is great, but the process sucks a lot of the time. And you have to be willing to go through the process. And you have to understand that it is a process that takes consistency, dedication, and discipline. And if you're only looking really for the outcome and you don't want to go through the process, you aren't going to get the outcome that you want to have. And it's going to be disappointing. So I, I, I would suggest the first thing is if you're saying, you know what, I really wanna do this, you sit back, talk to some people, do some research, see what it involves and understand the process that it involves to see if that's something that you're willing to do, to really give it you know, what you want to get up there on stage. I've seen in so many of these shows, you know, people get up on stage and they're just not, not prepared to do it, you know, physically, mentally, or anything, and it, or emotionally a lot of times, just because they have not given themselves adequate time to really discover if this is something that they want to do. So it, it does, it takes a lot of, a lot of dedication, a lot of, you know, discipline, a lot of early mornings, <laughs> a lot of, you know, 
blood, sweat, and tears, seriously. And, and knowing that the process, you know, while it sucks sometimes, it is so worth it in the end. But definitely sit down and, and make sure that going through that process is something that you're willing to do for that outcome that you're looking at. Uh, I've had so many, you know, females come up to me and be like, oh, I want to look like, you know, you like, they see my, I want, I want my arms to look like yours. How do I do that? And I start telling them the process and it's like, oh, you, I got to eat right. I got to, I got to do pushups. Like, you know, and it's the process isn't what they want. They just want the outcome, but the process has to be done. So you have to look at what the process is and is it something you're willing to do? And if it's something you're willing to do, great. Then you start saying, where do I want to go from here? And then the next step is honestly, pick a show, pick it, set a time and say, I know Coach Holly said she does it a little different, but she's been doing this a very long time. For <laughs> most people, you know, it's good to be like, okay, I see, you know, it's, it's uh, January right now. I'm looking at like May or June. Perfect. That gives you a lot of time you know, to, to kind of get into it and go, and it gives you an end date. You know, if you're just kind of like, I'm going to start prepping and just when I'm ready, I'm going to go again. Holly, Holly's very different because she's been doing this a long time. She knows her body. If you just start prepping and prep forever, it's probably not going to work because you're just going to keep saying I'm not ready, or you're not going to be as, as, you know, focused on what you need. So I suggest picking the show date. If you're not ready, you push it back. It's not that big of a deal. You say, okay, you know what? Not quite ready yet. I'm going to push it back. But picking that show date and being focused on what you're trying to get to is, is the next step that I would suggest. And then just going all in, going all in and getting a coach, getting people who understand the process is definitely going to be helpful. Going it alone, especially for the first show or two, is probably not going to work. So having somebody who can guide you in the process is going to be so valuable to get through it. Right. Yeah, I definitely recommend picking a date. Um, so, you know, this year I just kind of came off, Lord. So my last show was September of 2020. So I need a whole lot of time to try to put on muscle because I am not an easy gainer for muscle. And I've been lifting for like 25 years. So it's like, there's only so much more you can put on when you've lifted for that long. And and I don't mean just like toyed with it. I'm talking like a solid decade to two of training for this. Like, so it's hard to put on muscle and I always say pick a date. So I actually picked when I, I just started my prep November 30th. So I my date was um, there was a show Easter weekend. Um, but that's kind of like up in the air right now because I'm not sure, but that's my date. So it depends on if I can get there because like I have, you know, I have kids and I have to make arrangements with them and I'm a college professor now too. So I have to make sure that I'm off of school at that time. And so anyway, my date is Easter weekend is my goal date. Now, I don't know if I'm going to get to that show that I had planned. The one that I had planned was actually really far away. Then I found another one closer. So now, I mean, I'm still, that's my date. But I always tell people, you have to have the date because you've got to kind of reverse engineer it. Like you've got to know that you have enough time, right? Just like you said, if I pick a show that's in February and it's like in nine weeks, well, you did a nine week, but you said you weren't quite ready. So I know that if like at nine weeks, if my body fat is like, if I've got more than like three to 4% body fat to lose, 
nine weeks probably not gonna be enough time so yeah you do need you do need the date if you're going to compete like you need to have that date because you will you're exactly right connie like you'll talk yourself out of it if you don't really have a set date you'll be like oh no i'm not ready well no i could go out and do this well i can go eat this i can go drink this and it'll be okay because i'm not i'm not really signed up and i always tell people look you will not you will not push yourself to get to the level of that unless you're signed up to step on stage. Like you will not, you can say you're gonna, but you probably won't um, because you're not like, you're not locked into it. You've not made that full commitment. So if you're going to compete, you got to fully commit. Um, and I'm a little bit different in that. I don't even like the outcome as much as the process. Okay. So I'm the weirdo here. <laughs> I mean, I like the discipline. I like the structure. And I like, you know, I like putting my body through that point. The actual show day is just kind of like the end result, right? And it's not like, I'm not one of these people. I always tell people, you know, you might think that competitors and some competitors really do like to be up there and be pretty and have the bikini. I'm not like that. I'm like, to me, all of the stuff on show day is kind of more of a pain than a pleasure. Like the doing the makeup, the doing the hair, you know, the being beautiful, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's great, whatever. Like your pictures look pretty, but that part is kind of like, uh, you know, for me, that's just kind of like showcasing what you have done. And it's part of the process, but that's probably my least enjoyable part of the process. I actually like the part of, being in that regimented, structured discipline for week after week and challenging yourself. That's how y'all grow. That's how we grow, I think, is to, to go through that um, and to like that is a sense of accomplishment in itself. I, I agree with that. And that's what I say too. one of the things I tell, you know, like I said, with the health coaching and stuff like that, and I tell people all the time is in order if you want to be super successful, you have to be process oriented in your goals. You have to enjoy the process. And right. I, that's what I tell people too. Like, it was funny. It, it's kind of a joke, but it's not. But last week about Thursday, and you can probably relate on Thursday. I was just like, I am so done with this. I just want to eat. Like, and everybody's like, if, if you hate it so much, why are you doing it? I'm like, but that's the thing. I don't hate it. I'm like, I love it. It's, and I, I said this, I'm like, I've, I haven't had children, but I've heard, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when you're pregnant, it's like, you love the, uh, the, the you, that you're pregnant, you're going to have a baby, but you get to a point where you're done and you just want to be done with it, you know, and it's, it's the same thing. It's not that you don't enjoy it. It's you get to a point and you're just like, okay, I'm done right now. But I was like, you know, come three weeks later, I'm going to be ready to do this again, because like you, like, I love the challenge. I love the mental discipline. I love the physical discipline. I love everything that has to go along with doing what you do, seeing the growth, seeing the the changes, seeing the, you know, overcoming the challenge. Like I love all of that stuff. And I really think that to be successful, whether it's this or anything, you have to get into that mindset of being process oriented and, and making your goals process goals and not outcome goals because outcome goals are never going to be as successful as process goals. When you are enjoying the, pro oh, sorry, he just drilled on me. When you are enjoying the process and you really, really like seeing the progress and, and you know going every step along the way, you are gonna have so much more success than just focusing on that big thing at the end and being like, 
that's where I'm going and that's where I want to get but I don't really want to worry about anything else in between, you know? So I'm with right. you. I, I love it. And I was kind of joking the other day too. I'm like, so, because I was doing three days, you know, I wake up at three in the morning to do my cardio. Cause I have to be at work at five 30. I work out on my lunch, doing my strength training. I typically do another uh, cardio session in the evening. So I was joking the other day, cause right now is a, is a rest week for me. And I'm like, what do people do when they're not working out three days? Me early? too. Like, what, what am I supposed to do with myself? I have no idea what to do with myself right now. It's, it's, and I made another joke. I'm like divine intervention because I, by Sunday night, I was like, okay, I'm ready to work out. Like, let's, let's start tomorrow because part of what I have to do is put on some size in my legs. Um, you know, that was the, the judge's feedback. Everything was great. Just got to put on a little size in my legs to get that X factor that they want, you know, and figure. And. So by, by Sunday night, I was like, I'm ready to go tomorrow. Let's do this. And I put something in the microwave. It's a cup I put in the microwave all the time. And it got super hot when I picked it up. Like it's never been hot before. I picked up the handle and burnt my hand. Actually, I have a second degree burn on my hand. And I really, truly believe that was divine intervention. God was like, nope, you are going to take this rest because I am not going to let you do this workout this week. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to rest because I can't lift anything with my hand right now. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. I love it. And I think that that has to be part of it. You have to get to a point where you are loving everything that you're doing. You're loving the process. You love being sore. And that sounds so weird to people, but you love being sore because it means you're doing something. You know, I wake up and on days, especially when my, my glutes, my hamstrings or my triceps are sore, like, woo, and not sore to the point where, you know, you can't move, but sore where you're like, yeah, I feel that. Like, that is a great day. I'm like, yes, because I feel like I'm doing something. Right. We, we know, like, you know, Holly and I know that as, as fitness professionals, that's not necessarily true. You don't have to get sore to get progress, but. Right. <laughs> well, and you know, it's like the hardest thing for me is so like, I just finished an eight week plan and it was like, oh my gosh, it was so much more volume than I normally do. And I mean, I did eight weeks. It was really hard. I mean, it's lifting like five days, but so this is a deload week before I'm, I'm working on my next plan of like the areas that I need to work on. And um, so this is my deload week. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know. Like I posted on Instagram. It's like um, this little boy sulking because it's rest day. And it's like, I don't know what to do. Like I, I'm like, I, I have like four jobs and I'm a student. And it's like, I don't know what to do if my lifting doesn't keep me scheduled. So it's like a deload week and it's like, okay, I'm going to do something like I try to do my deload weeks. I'll, I'll maybe do like half of what I normally do, or I'll try to normally do something totally different, like work more like on yoga or like just something like that. So this week I decided, all right, I'm going to do like uh, my deload is going to be just basically like one body part per day. But so Monday I decided I'm just going to do a hundred pull-ups. Okay. Like, and this was with my band upstairs in my doorway, but just changing my grips. Okay. So I did a neutral, I did a regular, I did a wide. I just kept going. It took me 25 minutes to do a hundred pull-ups, but oh my Lord, my back is so sore right now. You can't even touch it. And I'm like, and this is a deload week. And I'm like, I have, I, I don't know, something's wrong. Like there is something mentally probably not all the way right with competitors. But I think that you have to have that mentality to actually do it, right? Because, you know, you're talking about the process. And of course, resting is part of the process, but it's very hard 
I think for competitors to rest like they're supposed to. Um, don't you think? Absolutely. And I, I see that with so many competitors. Like it's, you know, and it's it's one of those things where it's a joke, but it's not when they're like, what, what's a rest week? Or, you know, there's there's a meme that's something like rest day. What muscle group is that? And how do I work it? Like, right. and it's so true because we do, we, we tend to have that because again, you get so, I, I, I hate to use this word, but it's true. You get so addicted to the, the the gains and I know that's still a bro broish but you know you do like seeing those strength gains seeing the changes in your body seeing what your body can do seeing that you know what whatever limitations you may have placed on yourself are not accurate and you see all of this stuff and it becomes an addiction and it it becomes like this is what you know I love seeing this and it makes you feel good and you know exercise has endorphins so it just it makes you feel good so it's like when you aren't doing it it's just like what what am I supposed to do and you know, with, with you saying that, it's so funny because I, I literally was like, okay, this is a rest week. I'm going to do some yoga towards the end of the week. But um, have I done yoga yet, Connie? Right? No, I'm just I haven't like, done any yoga yet. I'm I have, going to. I promise I'm going to. <laughs> I have had to force myself not to do stuff. And I'm still waking up, you know, because I'm, my body's so used to waking up at like 3, 3.15 to start doing. I'm still waking up and I'm like, okay, so what am I going to do for the next hour? So I got to work and then I'm sitting at work and it's lunchtime, which is my, my lifting time. And I'm like, all right, all right. I, I want to go work out, but I got to rest. I, and I know I have to rest. I know because I, I've like put my body literally through hell this year. Because oh, yes. I really didn't give myself a whole lot of, you know, I, I get, there was May. Then I had a couple of months where, you know, I was lifting again and then it was right back to prep. So you have to give your body recovery time. And I know this, like my mind knows this, but it's like, no, you can do it. You can do it. Like, you know, it, so and I think know, it is a competitor thing. Well, okay. And so, you know, I'm going to tell you, Connie, right now, you've got to rest. When you rest is when you actually grow. And so you've got to make sure you take those recovery weeks, the planned rest days. Um, you know, it's for a reason, right? And so I think the, the key thing too with competitors is that a lot of times competitors get addicted. I don't have this problem, but competitors get addicted to the stage and they will do too many shows in a year. And I know the whole theory out there is like, oh yeah, you want to expose yourself to the judges so they'll know your name and blah, 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 right? But a lot of times it does not help you and you usually get, you will get worse as you go on, if you're not planning accordingly for like, you know, growth time and an off season and a proper recovery, because I know when I was doing figure in like 2010, 11 and 12, I did three shows per year and they were all very, um, they were too spaced, but so for me, it was like, I learned for my body if I'm going to do two shows, they've either got to be like pretty far apart or I'm talking like within a couple of weeks of each other. Because at that time, it was like three months, two months, three months. And it's like, oh, my Lord, I spent the whole year basically just barely recovering from one show before I was prepping for the next. And so really, probably all I did at that point was eat muscle, like going into because, you know, you have to have you know, after a competition, one of the very first things that needs to happen is you've got to get up to a healthy body fat level. 
in order to start building again. And a lot of times competitors don't want to do that. They don't understand the importance. They want to try to stay like stage lean and you're not going to make progress when you're stage lean, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that is the thing. I agree with you. I think a lot of competitors get addicted to the stage because they get addicted to the look, you know, and it's like, and like you said, part, you're, you're damaging yourself. Honestly, if you're trying to do better, you're not going to get better because especially if you need growth, you can't grow when you are constantly in a calorie deficit and right. you have to be in a calorie deficit to be stage ready and to be, and, and as for females, especially being stage ready, it messes with your hormones. So if you My are gosh. in nothing but, you know, stage ready position for an entire year, you know, just constant back to back to back to back, it messes with you and it's going to affect you eventually. And you know, the only reason I, I'm gonna be, uh, the reason I did three this year was, you know, I had planned the, the May one and I'm like, okay. And I, you know, was like, all right, didn't, didn't get to where I wanted to. So I'm like, I'm gonna do, you know, one more. But then I was kind of like, ah, I'm just gonna do them back to back because my goal, my goal was to hit my, my pro card before the end of the year. And when that November show came and it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to, um, I was like, I can't, I can't end the year like this. So I'm like, all right, there's another one in five weeks. I'm doing it. So I went straight into it. And I probably should have just planned for that one and spent the time because I was in way better condition and what I needed to be. But yeah, I agree. I think there's, there's too much addiction to, and I, I do think, you know, being, being a psychology major, I'm going to say this. I do think that there is a lot of issue with body dysmorphia in this in this realm, in this sport. Um, and I think that's where a lot of the problem comes in with a lot of these competitors that just cannot let themselves get out of contest prep, you know, and, and it's a lot of them are afraid to do a bulking session, you know, because they don't want to lose the definition. And I was joking about it today with one of my friends and I'm like, but I like the definition in my arms, you know, and it, and I know I'm going to lose it. Like, and that's the thing. I'm okay with that because I know I'm going to lose it, you know, but I also know the other thing too, is a lot of times when you have some competitors who, you know, don't do this the healthy way either. Like they, they don't bulk the healthy way either. And they just start doing what we call a dirty bulk. Um, if you've ever heard that, that's just, I'm going to eat everything I want to eat because I can have a lot of calories and it's eating, you know, crap. And that's not good either. So it's a lot of body fat gained as opposed to gaining muscle and you can still stay lean and gain muscle if you have a, a calorie, you know, surplus that is healthy, but it's, you know, doing it the right way, having that healthy surplus and making sure that you are, you know, not just shoveling crap down your throat. And, yeah. I mean, you know. If you're gaining just for the sake of gaining and you're eating all the bad foods, like, you know, yes, that is one plus of an off season is yeah, you can have maybe a, a treat or more that you wouldn't normally have and still fit it into your plan. But the thing is, is like, especially like guys, I have seen like, okay, my boyfriend, he wouldn't get mad if I said this. So his last off season, um, Lord, I can't remember when he competed last. I think it was 2019. He, uh, he competed in 2019. And then after that, like he stopped tracking like everything and so he gained, he went from like 180-ish on stage to like 250. Oh, wow. And, you know, and it was not controlled and it wasn't all muscle by any means. And so when he went to prep again this last time, we had to start way, 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 way out. And he still didn't really get lean enough 
um, for where he should have been. And I told him, I said, now you remember that this is what I'm talking about when I say you should probably track anyway, because you really have to know what you're doing to know where to steer it, right? Like you've got to know what you're consuming. If you eat just all kinds of crap foods, yeah, you can gain weight and you might think you're gaining muscle, but if you don't have the nutrition that you need to build that muscle, then what you're gaining is not muscle. And muscle takes a long time. So if you put on like, you know, 20 pounds in two months, yeah, maybe a couple of pounds of that were muscle. And then you've got 18 pounds of fat. Yes. So, and that takes so long to get off, like so long. And, and I tell this too all the time, like what, one of the things that people misunderstand is how quickly muscle can be. And it does not work, especially the more trained you are, like you were saying earlier, the harder it is to put on muscle because you already have what your body is, is allowing basically. And for a trained female who is eating perfectly and who is, um, you know, training right, can gain about a quarter to a half a pound a month typically if everything is perfect. And that's for somebody, you know, really well-trained. If you are a little less trained and you're newer, you might be able to gain one or two pounds a month if everything is perfect, but it, it'll start tapering off, you know? And, and that's where people misunderstand how this works. And it's like, oh, look, I just gained 10 pounds of muscle in three months. No, you didn't. I promise you, you didn't. You didn't. You gained maybe a few pounds of muscle and a lot of fat. Like that's what yeah. you did. You know, so, and, and especially if you weren't doing everything, if your macros weren't perfect, if your workouts weren't the way they were supposed to be, you did not gain that much muscle. So, and, or if you, you know, maybe if you were on steroids, you could have, but again, if you weren't getting assistance, you know, it doesn't work the way people think it takes time. It takes a lot of, again, science and, and seeing what works and slowly figuring out what calorie intake is going to you know, be precise. So be the one thing that, that I've learned through a lot of this process too, is like, you know, you, you have to be in a calorie surplus, but that calorie surplus varies for everybody, right? So some people need to be in a 500 calorie surplus a day to, to really see some gains. And some people it's only 200. So it depends on your body and you have to start slowly. If you automatically just go into like a 800 calorie surplus a day, you're going to be gaining a lot of fat. If you're in a 500 calorie surplus a day and that's not what it works for your body, you're going to gain a lot of fat. So it's it's about taking it slowly and saying, okay, you know, does this 200 calories show anything? I should be gaining about a half a pound to a pound a week. Is that what I'm seeing? If I'm seeing more than that, it's probably too much. If I'm not seeing anything, I'm probably still in maintenance. And now I need to bump it up a little bit again. So it is, it's a lot of science. It's a lot of, you know, playing around with things and seeing how things work and seeing what combinations work best. Some people do best with, you know, higher carbs. Some people need higher protein and, you know, it, it's playing around with all of those things to see what works. It is a lot of, a lot of guess and check. That's why I always tell people, it's like, I can tell you what works for me, but I can't tell you what works for you until we start playing around with it because everybody's body is different. We start at a spot and we say, now we go from here and see how it works. Right. Well, it's a process, you know, and I tell people it takes consistency is the thing. And it's like most people aren't willing to be consistent, like with their macros. If you have a certain macro setup that you're supposed to hit, like if I were coaching you and I say, OK, we're working on these macros and you're all over the place for 10 days. And then you wonder why we haven't seen the results that you want to see. Well, 
you've got to be consistent, like not only with your training, but consistent with your macros. And I don't think people get that, um, you know, and then you got to kind of see what happens and then you can make adjustments. But when, when we don't have a variable that we can track, then you can't really make adjustments. That's like basically what I tell my boyfriend when he wasn't tracking, I'm like, okay, so you're gaining X number of pounds, but how many calories is it taken for you to gain that number of pounds, right? Because if you're like 5,000 calories one day, 3,000, 7,000, 2,000, okay, what's your average for the week? Well, I didn't track any of it, so I don't know. Okay, so if we don't know what your average was for the week, then how do we know what's going to cause a gain? How do we know what to cut? Because like, you can't just automatically be like, okay, well, yeah, let's cut like 2,000 calories. Well, okay. So it's like, you, you know, you, the more, the more that you know, the more you can make changes in the right way. But you got to remember too, that your body is smart, right? And your metabolism adjusts. So whatever is working, like it's probably going to have to change. That's why I don't like to just out of the gate, cut somebody's calories drastic. You have nowhere to go. You don't want somebody doing cardio all the time. They're not going to have anywhere to go. Like you've got to be able to like slowly, slowly make the cut. You know, you're slowly maybe reducing calories a little bit. You're slowly adding a little bit of cardio if you need it. It's not just like, yeah, okay, two hours a day. I haven't been doing any cardio ever, but I'm going to tell you to do two hours a day you know, that's just too much. You know, I would start with like, okay, well, let's start with like four times a week, like 30 minutes. Let's do that a couple of times. And that's just simply for heart health. And then, you know, you can make adjustments, right? So okay. it, it, it all matters. Absolutely. So, anyway, I wanted to tell you congratulations. You. And um, if you would like to give a shout out to any coaches or suits or, or whatever, um, you may do that now, but I want you to drop it. Um, get, you send me over the information too, and, I, and I'll put their information in the YouTube post. But anybody you want to give a shout out to? Yeah, so uh, my coaches, uh, Jermaine Jenkins and Perry Wooten, they are amazing. So um, they really helped out. They have they came in kind of late into my my first show this year. I was with somebody else, and he was terrible, and I kind of brought them on six weeks out. So we did what we could in that six weeks. Um, it turned out pretty good in that, that first show this year, I got third place and everything, but you know, we knew we had work to do and then moved on. So Perry Wooten, Jermaine Jenkins, they're awesome. Definitely thanks to them. And, um, Tina Johnson, who was my posing coach, she made me amazing. Um, that was one of the, uh, the good feedback that I got from the judges was my posing was amazing. So yay, Tina, she is awesome. Love Tina. She helped yes. me too. She's awesome. She is amazing. So Definitely give her a shout out. Yes. And then um, I do want to also give a shout out because I know she watches these Lori Henderson, who, you know, she's one of my coaching clients. Yes, she's Lori. actually been at all three of my shows. She is one of my, my biggest supporters and love her to death. She has been awesome. So Yay. I love Lori too. So, yes. you know, it's a good, it's a good, it's great when you have that support, um, you know, for sure, because it makes all the difference in the world when you have, people that are cheering you on and um so anything else you would like to say before we exit to anybody um, I, to anybody not really to anybody but I'll say to everybody I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you guys what I tell people all the time my my biggest thing you can ask any of my coaching clients this or anybody who knows me for that matter 
is one of the, the things that I, I really, really harp on to people is discipline over motivation. Because one of the things that people talk to me all the time about is how do you have so much motivation to do this stuff all the time? I don't, trust me. I don't have motivation to get up at three o'clock in the morning. I don't, all right? Discipline gets me out of bed. Knowing what my goals are gets me out of bed. Having that drive, that determination, almost being, I know it sounds a bad way to say, it, but being obsessed with the goals that you have and wanting to just reach those goals, that's what motivates you. But that's, that's and it's not even motivation. That's what keeps you disciplined. That's what gives you the drive. Yes. We're twins, 100%, Connie. I am exactly the same way. I say exactly the same thing. I'm like, y'all, 90% of the time, I don't want to go to the gym. But you know what? I'm not going to miss my day because I'm not going to think later that I could have been closer to where I wanted to be if I didn't miss that time. Okay. You know, so like, it's just consistency. It's like brushing your teeth. If you get into the habit of doing it every day and you have a plan and you want to check that box off, like I'm, I'm one of those, like I like the list, right? And if I know I was supposed to do legs today and I skipped legs, then what am I going to do the rest of the week? Am I going to put it with another workout? No, I don't want to do that right? So you just got to stay consistent. Even if sometimes the plan has to change a little bit, even if you have to modify your workout, stay on track. Yes. And, and that's the one thing too. I tell people like when you talked about brushing your teeth, the discipline is everybody's disciplined in every other part of their life. And I say this all the time. I'm like, do you go to work? Yep. Are you motivated to do it every day? Probably not. You do it because you know you have to. Do you want to take care of your kids every day and pick up after them? Probably not, but you do it because you know you have to. You do it because of discipline. And if you can be disciplined in every other part of your life, why can't you be disciplined here? Don't, don't wait for motivation. Motivation right. will fail you every single time. It motivation is great when you have it, but most of the time we don't. So don't rely on motivation. Stop relying on that to put you through. And then the last thing I want to say is flex. Seriously, just flex. Flex all the time. And it sounds so funny, but it, and I always just kind of joke about it. If there's a mirror, you flex because it's a rule. It's, it's like a law or something, right? But when, when you're, it, it just, it makes you feel good. Like just do it. Like, trust me. And it, it's silly. And it's kind of, a lot of times I do it just in a silly way, but it makes you feel good. And it makes you feel like, all right, I'm doing something. So just try it. Trust me, just try it. I, mean, I need to probably listen to you there, Connie, because I don't do that enough. And like my boyfriend, he does that like almost every night as he passes the bedroom mirror, he's flexing. And I'm like, I just never do that. I should do that more often. So I'm going to listen to you, Connie. I'm going to start flexing all the time. Okay. So yes. every, every mirror I get, I can like, I'll flex in, I'll flex in the, in the zoom cameras, you know, and, there we go. That's my flex for the day. That's flex for you, Connie. So anyway. every time I walk by one of my, I'm, I'm always doing some kind of pose, just practicing. Like it's just, yeah, it just, I don't know. There's something about it. it, it I'm telling you, just try it. Try it. Take well, flexing thank you. selfies, do it. Thank you <laughs> yeah. so much for being here and um, congratulations on your win. And I will talk to you again very soon. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for Thanks. having me. Bye-bye.